Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. I am your host, Jason Tardick. This is the pre-market trading segment where I do an intro before the main guest comes on. For those who are new to the show, the main guest is usually recorded at minimum a week ago and at maximum a month ago. I then do the recap with my good friend, the Curious Canadian, that's after the episode. And then I do this intro where I break down a little bit more about the guests and some news you need to know going into this week as it relates to financial and career changes in the economy. I'm going to make this one a little bit shorter today. This is my second attempt at this. First attempt. (laughs) It did not go well. I'll tell you that much. Maybe at some point I will release it. Um. The intro is always recorded the night before the episode is released, so I can get the most current news for the week going into the week. As some of you might know, Caitlin and I have shared our current relationship news that we are ending our engagement um, tonight. So the intro will be short. It will be sweet. Today we have Blake Horseman on from The Bachelorette. Bachelor in Paradise and MTV All-Star Shore. This is part two of our interview. Uh, part one was last week. Uh, we have Giannina Jabelion, his girlfriend who is from Love is Blind season one, who he met on All-Star Shore Paramount+. Plus. Um, in this episode, we talk about a whole lot of things. We talk about um, their support for one another professionally and personally, each of their individual careers, some of their goals with earnings, some of the money they have made, some of the big shifts they've made. Uh, you'll hear another guest come in. It's actually Blake's manager, uh, Eric. He is behind Blake while I'm recording, and so there are a few times you'll see that I bring Eric up. Um, I know Blake had dealt with some hardships with Reddit and just pushback during his toughest times through Paradise. So we do talk a little bit about getting through the personal and professional side of things during really tough hardships. And while I'm asking that, it's going to be a weird break. Actually, my dad was calling. And so I pick up the phone as my dad's calling and immediately put him on. So you'll hear that weird break. So that's just a little perspective there. At the end of the episode, I asked them 10 questions about their personal finances to see how much they've talked about one another's um, financials and portfolio and goals and dreams, because that's a lot about what my second book, Talk Money to Me, uh, is about. And so it's a really good game at the end. You'll hear it. I pose the 10 questions. They then have their whiteboards. They put the answers and they share the answers. So this is a great, great episode. Um, I'm going to cut this intro short. I'm not going to provide news at this time. Given what's happening in my life, it's been a little bit of a challenge today and tonight. Um, And when I'm prepared and feel ready to talk through how these things also impact my life and what's next for me. I will 
share those as I always try to hold my standard to share specifically what I ask of my guests. Let's ring in the bell with Blake and Jeannie now. Since I was off the show, and I, I remember talking to Grocery Store Joe about this, actually we were down in Tulum, and we were talking, every year I have made more money, which I think is incredibly difficult to do in, so this, cool. in this industry. And I think this year, I'm going to top last year, I really, I'm, on, I'm on pace right now, we keep getting some, some incredible DJ deals, some festivals. And as much as you know, DJing and this music industry is hard, and I've been doing it now for almost four years, you have to grind. You have to get your name out there. You have to continue to succeed. People have to see that you're good at what you do because I know I had a lot of disrespect. You know, you come in as an influencer, quote unquote, of DJ, course, right? Yeah. Like nobody takes me serious. So you just got to prove yourself over and over. And I don't mind doing it. I love doing it and I've been doing it. And now we're starting to get calls from some legitimate clubs, some legitimate festivals that are like, okay, he's put the work in. We've seen the videos. We've heard his music. Like, now let's let's see what he can do. And so the phone's starting to ring a lot more. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, the brand is building, the momentum exactly, is there. Yeah. We also behind you have your business partner, manager, mm-hmm. everything helped you in the DJ business, all the things. Eric Bradley's here. Eric, I want to bring you on. I have two questions for you at this point. <laughs> you're gonna have to come to the mic. To Anything the mic. that you've heard so far from either one of these two, because you're with them all the time. G or Blake, is there anything? We'll start with this that you think is off base or do you think everything's pretty on point? The dollars, you, any fibs in here? No, everything's on point, everything that they're saying. And I would never let him pay to play. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're in the money making industry. Yeah, money making. Ever. All right, Eric, let me ask you this too. This is the second question. You have seen Blake go from doing gigs almost for free to $500 to now 60,000 plus mm-hmm. people at Stagecoach. When you see his brand and how it's moving, just what's your overall sentiment and like how you've seen it shift in the last year and how has like the demand picked up? How are the calls picked up? Like just your take on him as a DJ last year and the way he's grown his business just as a manager. Yeah, just uh, just seeing the growth and all the time and effort and like seeing him uh, starting to create and make his own music yeah. is probably the biggest thing. Once we once he starts making his own tracks it's just going to blow up that's when it goes next oh, level yeah, that's yeah. next level so your goal sure. in managing his career is like i want you making your own tracks because yeah. i want you to go to that next yeah. point yeah that's, awesome. that, that's how that's how it works you, you get one or two songs that go viral that's on it these tiktoks and everything yeah. else and yeah. and how quickly do, what happens to your suppose you get 10k a set you get one of these big things that go viral what does your rate go to then uh, 5x 3x uh, yeah probably at least three to five three to five it's X. crazy yeah. yeah i was and eric eric you know he's got a lot of people in the industry now in the music industry and stuff you talk to other managers and you start to hear what other people are getting rate wise yeah and it is astronomical like these numbers what's the most astronomical number you heard in the mm. business i mean there's i know I mean, there's well, a lot she's got one gee what's yours mm-hmm. let's see i want to eric i want to hear it. The what's crazy about elenium is a lot of people are like elenium like who's elenium yeah. yeah but the man has such a loyal cult following that he can see just sold out he just had headlined the biggest edm show of all time in denver he sold sixty thousand tickets what was the rate that's insane I don't know. Should we say Israel? <laughs> I don't know. If we can <laughs> for that show. I don't know. What, oh, that show. What was so impressive about that night as well was, you know, you see a lot of artists that go and play stadiums. Yeah. And you 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 have a headlining act and two or three support acts. So that 
that headliner needs support help to uh, sell out a show. Elenium did three sets and did that all on his own. No support. That had to have been a couple million dollar day for him. Damn. Then for somebody like that and some of these other big names, whether it be Diplo or, you know, Dylan, Fr- like we're talking for a 90 minute set. 300 to 500k for a 90 minute set and these djs are pulling three four five of those a weekend that is just a wild 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 road do you have a goal a projection like i want to make this for one night and i'm going to do it at some point what is that number yeah and i think eric made a great point there is a ceiling and i think you break through that ceiling with your own music and when you start to make original music and then that you know, you get some following there with your original music. I mean, I would like to pull, be pulling in, you know, I, eventually 100% six figures for a set. Like that Fucking would be, right. that would be my, my goal for All sure. Right. You're gonna and be- it is like the craziest part is I've seen it. it like is- a G light up. <laughs> yeah, let's go, baby. I've been there since the bottom. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, I've seen it and I'm like, it can happen. Like, I think that's probably the craziest part about this industry is there's so much money to be made and I've seen it with other DJs and I'm like, yeah, I, I, it can happen. You just gotta, yeah. Gotta we're going to play, and- we're going to play a game. It's going to be 10 questions about finances. But before we do, I want to ask you this with either of your careers. So with your career as a DJ, you're in clubs, you're in bars, there's a certain audience, a lot of drinking, having fun. You are in the fa- fashion space, mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. I'm sure there's, you know, people like reaching out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and part of your brand is looking beautiful. Part of your brand is wearing the best style. Like that's part of the business. Mm-hmm. And part of your brand is bringing all those Bachelor, Bachelor Paradise reality girls and mm-hmm. stuff like that that are fans to the show. This is a question more about just balancing professional and personal. How do you guys work together as one to support each other through the pulls, the lefts, the rights, the late nights, the drinking, the DJing, the fashion, all that stuff? What is the team thought process as a couple? Yeah, it's a good question. I, we actually get this question quite a bit because... We do live in an industry where there's a lot of, you know, I'll just say temptation, right? Sure. We live in an industry where there's a ton of temptation, whether it be me DJing at clubs late night, drinking a ton. There's, you know, women everywhere drinking a bunch. And, me you know, going to France for two weeks yeah, with a bunch exactly. of models. Yeah, yeah. Going to France <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of rich, rich yeah. models. CEOs. And, yeah, yeah, CEOs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there is obviously, there's just trust between us. I think mm-hmm. I, and we both, you feel this way too. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. Like you have my trust until you lose it. You know what I mean? Like you have my full trust until you lose it. And I think, you know, she thinks the same way. And I go over the top a lot. Like I am very aware that it's probably not easy to date me when it comes to my career. Like I am very aware that it's not easy Mm -hmm. to date DJ. You know what I mean? That should be like a bumper sticker. (laughs) So I'm like over the top conscious of that. I call, I FaceTime her multiple times a day. I always try to FaceTime her when I get home from the club. She doesn't ask me to do that. No. But I just do it. She doesn't. She doesn't. And I just do it because I know it's, you know, the right thing to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's just something I'm very conscious of. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, like, you know, it's four in the morning. I just got done with the set. I'll give G a call. She'll see that I FaceTimed her, you know, and I have missed FaceTime. She'll wake up too. So I think that's a great answer. What about you, G? What's your perspective on that? I think that how he's been just so respectful always without me having to ask him to do any of these things is what eases me like i i'm never anxious whenever he goes to a set or when he leaves for tour for 10 days like i i'm never uneasy about it and it wasn't always like that like i in the beginning when i met you and i knew that your job was you know like this 
again, I'm a, I'm very secure in our relationship, so I always felt like it was norm, like I was never uneasy about it. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a point for like two to three months where I was like, wait, should I be? Yeah, should I be uneasy? Like, what's like? Do I need to question this a little bit more because I am so trusting? And during that time, he just reinforced how like there's just nothing to be worried about. And I mean, I think to your point. I go with my initial instinct Mm -hmm. and then external factors can kind of play into that. But as long as like we know what's going on and how much he trusts me when I turn around and I do something for my job and there's just no, there's just no question about it. You just have to have like those tough conversations. But at the end of the day, like I trust him fully and he does the same with me. And until there is something that, needs to be questioned mm-hmm. which there hasn't yeah and i think at this point even when we were starting our relationship that's kind of like the easiest point to be like oops i fucked up you right, know because right, you're not yeah. so like, totally like tied together yeah, yeah. but no it's been it's been very very nice and when it comes to like doing projects together i was in a public relationship before this and it was hard man mm-hmm. like there was just no agreeing to anything. There was no, even like the creative concept, the timing, nothing. And with Blake, it's just, it's, it's very like effortless. There's a lot of work to be put in, but at the end of the day, it's fun. And as long as we keep it fun, mm-hmm. then I can do this forever. And, and, I mean, I go to my shows and people are holding up signs to where's G, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's become yeah. a thing where she comes to a lot of my shows and like, we just support each other a lot. And, you know, there's like, there's times where, you know, I feel bad because I'm like, you know, hey, like just recently I got offered a thing. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be gone for six days down, you know, in Charlotte. And like. He wants me to be there. Yeah. And I'm like, come yeah. down. And I think yeah. that's yeah. the biggest. And I try to remind her of that. Some boyfriends or, you know, some people would be like, yeah, I'm going to six day. I'll see you in six days. But I'm always like, you know, if, if you want to, yeah, I'd love to have you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And so, yeah, it's just one of those things where. We've found our way to do it. Mm-hmm. Our way, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but yeah. I think we found a way where we trust each other and we, we work really well together. And so. I think what's cool is when I put out that I was interviewing you, one of the biggest questions I got was you've been in a public relationship mm-hmm. and you've been all over the public but been single through mm-hmm. it. Are your businesses picking up as one? And what I'm thinking of, and tell me if I'm I'm wrong here, but what I feel like is, especially the way you two operate, is that the power of you two together, of course, will be better, right? It will always be better. However, it feels to me, just based on this conversation, it's really the support to get to the next level to push someone that's allowed you to take the power of the relationship, but also be so successful in your own ways. Because if you're DJing, gee, I'm assuming likely not getting paid. And if you land mm-hmm. that next Gucci deal or whatever big fashion deal or have your own line that I know you, that you're, you're thinking about and you've done, it's Blake pushing you to do it. So it feels, at least my perception, is that you have benefited better as being together, but it actually might not be because you both are in the screen doing an ad together. Mm, it might be mm-hmm. because you've supported and recognized and promoted and pushed each other's brand. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Yeah, I think, and to your point, she had been in a public relationship before. I hadn't, yeah. right? So I was terrified. I was like, I, I had seen the public kind of tear a lot of relationships apart. I was super scared to go public. I would feel confident in our relationship, but I just didn't know what to expect from the public. And it was actually incredible. Everybody's been incredibly supportive. And what's even better is, for the most part, 
everybody's been incredibly respectful. Like uh-huh. when I go to shows, like DMs stopped, like the, you know, the creepy DMs, like sure. it was, it really was like people respected. I think some of that's well, because they? they were like, love that. <laughs> and I think one of the things is, I think a lot of people respect G. And so it wasn't like I was, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like they want us to be happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. they wanted it. So mm-hmm. that was cool to see. And, it, and something I did not yeah. expect. And you agree with that too? Well, I think that to your point, we support each other to achieve our wildest dreams. Like mm-hmm. Blake will be like, man, like I'm tired or whatever. Like this, you know, this part's frustrating. I'll be like, you're not giving up. Like you're going to keep going and vice versa. So That's like awesome. we do have, you know, our own things that we're focused on. And, you know, we do get the, the joint business ventures. But I think where we really do succeed is understanding what the other one wants to achieve and knowing that that is as important as you know to be happy and so if as long as you are going after your dreams i know that that's what's going to make you feel successful and vice versa and like i never want to be in your way and so you know if you're going to a show and people are requesting for me to be there and then you kind of get that should i be getting paid kind Mm -hmm. of you know yeah I know that at the end of the day, that's going to make him succeed. If I'm there, if I'm helping, if I'm being part of, you know, the fangirl. If he succeeds, then then, then, then we succeed. That's something I think that's huge is like, if I succeed, she succeeds. If she succeeds, I succeed. It's all about who you have around you, whether it be Eric G, DJ Silver, or some of my other friends. You know, it's just the people around you. Okay. There's, en- there's enough money to go around. Yeah. Honestly. There's enough money to go around. Everybody can make money. I love that attitude. Yeah. We have one game we got to play. Before I, I give you this game that we're going to play, I got to ask you this. It's the only thing I haven't asked you. You've given me your take on how you guys handle it. Mm-hmm. But I know, and you know, we talk about it often, on the blogs, in those areas, in the Reddit chats. Hey, Gary T, you're live on Trading Secrets. I have Blake and G in front of me. What do you think about Blake Horseman? Let's just hear your overall take. You've met him. You've partied with him. What do you got? I think Blake is a great guy. He had a lot of fun with him. Got his act together, going in the right direction. And I love Blake. Yeah, I love you guys. Can I get less scripted? Can I get like, Blake's the fucking man? Well, he is the fucking man. Yeah, there we go, there we go, there we go. I love it. All right, I'll love you guys. Later. You guys got to meet G. She meets him and is above him. There you go. Yeah. All right, back to that question. Last question before we get in the game here. The Reddits, the blogs, the stuff, they love to hate. Caitlin and I have been in front of it. We've heard it. We've seen it. It definitely, if there's no way it doesn't in some capacity permutate to get in your head a little bit mm-hmm. at least that's my take mm-hmm. do you have a take on public perception the reddit blogs what's your overall sentiment there i will say <laughs> eric's eyes are moving uh-huh. eric actually let's start with the manager's uh-huh. take <laughs> eric you give us your take real quickly reddit blogs people perception you're managing talent you're trying to help them out what's your take how should they deal with it? what's your advice I, get close get close we need I, i've watched you know blake and several other people go down that rabbit hole every day hours a day paying way too much attention to it and i i just think it's out of control and people keyboard warriors are just pieces of shit really <laughs> i have no fans so and you've you've been very i mean you're very close with ben higgins you're close yeah. to a lot of people from the franchise cult a lot of people so you've seen it from all different directions from all different people yeah and your overall sentiment would be avoid it ignore it yeah don't avoid worry it, about it. it. yeah because at the end of the day they bring and do absolutely nothing and they bring nothing to your life so yeah 
they they just hide behind a keyboard and and talk trash and they don't know people and what people are going through and Mm -hmm. even though like a couple weeks ago i saw their 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 only fans launch (laughs) and we were getting ivs and Watching G get heated over that, I was like, "Yeah, go get him." Yeah, yeah. Do that, yeah. Don't know. We posted we posted a video and we were we were kissing. Yeah, we were we were making out in the video and people just went absolutely bonkers, calling yeah. us like horrible things. And I think to that to Eric's point, like I think one thing we're good at because we both like most people go down the rabbit hole. Like, we'll go down the rabbit hole. We'll start spinning, but we'll see it right. I'll mm-hmm. see G start spinning, mm-hmm. and you know we've been dating now a year and a half, almost mm-hmm. two years, to the point where like I kind of know whether to like step in or just kind of like let, let her spiral a little bit, and then you know I know she'll recover. So I think that's the biggest thing is like she'll be like yo like put the phone down, stop doom scrolling, mm-hmm. like step away, you know, go get a workout and whatever. And I'll do the same for her because it's not if you're going to go down the hole, it's when like everybody yeah. does. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just like helping each other, you know, come out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you got to take on that? Yeah. Really quick. If we had actually launched an OnlyFans, <laughs> we'd be making a lot more than 130K a month. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think you'd make if you Oof. launched an OnlyFans? With Stick my, if we launched a couple's only fan, no, honey. If I launched, <laughs> <laughs> he oh, wants I me to. I have 100 wanted to do an OnlyFans. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, you'd make she'll be fortune. pulling in 300, 500k a month. Yeah, Easy. I mean, I don't so. think I've ever heard a support Easy. like this in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like no other. Is I actually like, I'm I'm very you know nonchalant so like i will nip slip and i will do all these things for free by accident <laughs> hey, honey, that, might, oh, yeah. that might be everyone's christmas present right. <laughs> these two could sell all right we're gonna wrap up with this game here we go i'm gonna ask you a question you're gonna have to tell me what the answer is of your significant other we're gonna see who gets it right or closest we're gonna share the answers it's gonna be 10 questions okay don't show each other's boards if you don't know the answer just take a stab at the dark here we go. Credit score is number one. What do you think their credit score is? Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two, if you had to put on paper, yes, mortgages are included, even though those assets are appreciating. Total debt. How much debt do you think your significant other has? Take a shot in the dark. If you had to guess from a budget perspective, what do you think your significant other spends monthly? <laughs> one month. On average, number four, income goal. What do you think the dream, like realistically, if you had to live in your partner's head, what do you think realistically their income goal is? A year. A year in the next like three to five years. Number five, dream job. They can paint the picture of any job in the entire planet. What is your significant other's dream job? One thing that they spend too much money on, but they won't stop spending money on that. <laughs> What is one thing they spend money on that they won't stop? Don't let her see. Don't let her see. Number seven, how much, if you had to estimate, do you think that your partner has saved? How much, if you had to estimate, do you think your partner has saved? Number eight, most expensive thing your partner has ever purchased. What, what do you think it was? What was the dollar amount? Just take a stab in the dark. Yes or no? This one, you got to get right. It's 50-50 shot. Do you think that your partner is on pace for where they need to be with their retirement savings? (laughs) I just saw an eye roll from G, just so everybody knows. Number 10. We're going to (laughs) fight. The goal here is we're going to try and get at least five right. Be honest. Be real. Do you think that you know where your partner does either banking or investing? Just put one. 
is a reference. One place you know they might do banking or investing. The idea behind this question is transparency. Do you have an idea of where their where their assets might be tied up? That is 10 questions. I'm going to take their boards once they're done. We're going to get their answers. We're going to see how many they get right. Talk money to me is a really important topic with couples. And if they're having these conversations, and if not, they're going to have to open that up. All right, here we go. Number one. What's your credit score? G said for Blake, 720. How close? No, I'm about 820. All right. Wrong. All right. Blake said you have about a 760. What do you think it is if we pull it right now? Mm -hmm. 760. All right. So we're going to say one right there. Let's go. I'm going to crush you. I'm going to beat you, baby. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Number two. How much debt do you have? So G said, Blake, you have about 700K of debt. Mm Mm-hmm. The house. Bang on. All right. G, you got a point right there. Blake, you said G has zero debt. There we go. Wow. Let's go. It's a connected man. Here we go. Number three, do you budget? And if so, how much do you think you spend a month? G, you said Blake spends 35K a month on average. A little high. I would say about 25, but it's pretty good. Babe, um, you spend thirty five k. Yeah, maybe. Month. I mean, that's business expenses and stuff. I'll yeah. give her that one. I'll give her that because I'm you between sure? probably. Yeah, yeah. You I'll told me one. seven times <laughs> how much is on your credit card per month. All right, she has two. Blake has two, but we're going to the third. Blake, you said that she spends eight k a month. <laughs> okay, well now I need to know how much you spend. No, <laughs> no, you have no. to. That's one of the rules. Twenty. Yeah. You think you you spend on what? You don't have a mortgage or anything. <laughs> oh, you don't have business expenses. Hey, guys, you guys are tight. You guys are close. We're moving to the next steps. This is part of the conversations we're going to have to get you in the next He's steps. He's red right now. Let me ask you a side question. Do you guys have a joint bank account? No. no. Oh, Not until we get married. Okay. Number four, income goal. Gee, you said that Blake's income goal is $1 million in the next one to five years. Is that Correct. right? Yeah. Correct. Wow, gee, you're three for four. You said $1 million for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. bang on. Let's go. Three for four. Number five, your career job. Blake, right now, he has it right now. Yeah. yeah my dream job. Is this your dream job? Yeah. yeah. Damn. Four for five. And then you said for G, said culinary. Culinary. Is that a bang oh, up? That's a good one. That's huh? cute. I, I know. But. but no, I have my dream job. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'm not giving you credit. Because she always talks about wanting to go to culinary school. I do. Okay. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> All right. G, you got four. Blake, you got three. Here ah, we go. Number geez. six. One thing you spend too much money on that you will not regret. G, you said for Blake, travel. Is that correct, Blake? Yeah, I guess it's travel. Yeah, wow. Right. You're just giving Damn her all it. the points here. That's five. All right. You tell me, G, one thing that, <laughs> this is one thing that you spend too much money on. What is your answer that you won't stop? Clothes. The answer. I had clothes. I had clothes. I crossed out and I said sheets. The answer is sheets. She buys new sheets like twice a month. That might be part of that. That might be. How do you ruin them, Blake? (laughs) (laughs) We'll save that for a non-business podcast. All right, here we go. Number seven. How much do you have saved? G said you got 100K saved, right or wrong? Not, yeah, like cash, yeah, yeah. Okay, here yeah. G, you're fucking on point. You said that she has 300K saved. Is that relatively right? Mm-hmm. Holy shit, you guys are uh, talking money. We do talk Other money, than what yeah. you spend, most expensive thing you ever purchased. Blake, what is it? Most expensive house. thing you ever, yep. Okay, house, she yeah. literally nailed that. It's his house. You have hit every single one. I didn't yeah. G, what is one thing that you have spent too much money really? on? What is it and how much? My boat. How much oh. was it? It was a pretty good deal. It was only 10K. Yeah. But that were, was, number nine, two more left. Are you on pace with retirement savings? Blake, <laughs> what do you think G said? 
I think G said yes. Yes, she yes. said yes. She is fucking eight for nine. Jeez. What do you think Blake said? No. He said no with a lot of O's. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to talk about oh, yeah. You're going to no. need a self-employed SEP. We'll talk about a SEP in the recap and an IRA. Last one. Places you do your banking and investments. G, does she know where you do your banking and your investments? Well, yeah, I think you know where I do my banking. Okay, she said yes in house. So I'm going to say no. She doesn't know. The answer might be like, yes, JP Morgan. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Where do you do some of your banking? Chase. Okay, Chase Bank. Blake gets one. That is eight for 10. G, that is that is eight for 10. Oh, you guys tied. The goal here was to get at least five. Clearly, good. you guys are talking money. That is impressive. The last thing before we get your trading secret, the joint account, you move in together. Do you have any different rules or tactics that people or relationships should think about as you move in as one when it comes to money, finances, and just talking transparently? I got one. I got some that I think a lot of people maybe don't know about. And I remember mentioning it to you one time. Culture. G oh. comes from a different culture than me. And so I think people look at money, at roles differently in different cultures. So I think mm-hmm. that was the biggest, mm-hmm. when we first started dating, I was like trying to always remind myself like, oh, okay, she comes from a culture that does things a little differently. So and then what does your culture do differently? So I'm Venezuelan, Italian. Uh, and even though I'm a very independent woman, I see things as more traditional because mm-hmm. that's how I was brought up. So I am, and here's the thing, like I'm naturally going to like, take care of the house, take care of you. Like I will wait on you hand and foot. I am wifey material. Okay. (laughs) And I want to be taken care of in the sense of like, Oh no, baby, don't worry. I got it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got brought up too. And I think that explaining that to Blake and then not talking in a, Oh, well I deserve this. Sure. But also like, no, but this is how I, like I am comfortable. This is how I've grown up. This is where I see our roles fitting because at the end of the day, like, I mean, it's all going to come down to kids and like, who's pushing them out, who's staying at home, who's doing this. And that's where my mind goes. So yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting making us feel both comfortable with. Yeah. So I think the communication there is massive, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. with the communication, is there something you'd recommend for other couples that have that type of sentiment? They, they did the communicating. They understand each mm-hmm. other's upbringing, so they're on the same page. Do you have a rule? Do you have a, I think, a piece of advice? Yeah, we'll I your think what it comes down to as a couple is figuring out where you put your value and what dollar amount you're you're gonna put into that. Love that. And so I see my value as X, and so with my value, I'm gonna pay for the groceries, for this, for the things that I know that I'm gonna be taken care of. And I don't know if you feel the same way now, but that's where I've gotten my my values and my money to feel comfortable with our arrangement. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes sense because neither of us feels like one is taking advantage of the other. I love it. And even if you do, at times, like communicate, like because because mm-hmm. there's been times where we've we've had like that's like the only thing we kind of fight about to be mm-hmm. honest is mm-hmm. like finances and like it's yeah. so number two figure, on yeah number two reason yeah why exactly exactly and I think just communicate yeah. like if yeah. if you're being passive aggressive about it or whatnot and so I think yeah just communicate about because we've had times where we've had like fights and and then she's let like sit me down or I've sat her down and be like this is what I'm doing around the house this is mm-hmm. what oh, this is the value that I communicate 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 and I think mm-hmm. the biggest takeaway too is understand people's relationship with money 
from day one, from mm. when they were a kid, what they saw, what they adopted, because your perception of how they're acting might be totally different if you really get to understand the person and what they've seen and how they value in their relationship with money. We got to end with a trading secret. So it's a piece of advice you can't get from a professor. You can't Google, you can't find a textbook. Blake, you know how this goes. You can only get it from you guys based on your experience, your money management and everything life's brought you. So Blake, one trading secret. And by the way, all the money mafia back there, if you think we're not getting a trading secret from the one and only Eric Bradley, you better damn bet believe he's dropping bombs in this episode. So we will be getting a trading secret. One last trading secret. Blake, we'll start with you. Eric, um, we'll go to you. G, we'll finish with you. Okay. The biggest thing for me is the people you know, above you, whether it be you know, certain professors, teachers, managers, bosses, whatever it is, they don't know as much as you think. Like mm -hmm. they are figuring out just like you. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to, you know, you know, be edgy and do something different because they're figuring it out too. And they want just as much help. Like I truly believe that the bosses want just as much help, you know, as an employee. So I think that's the biggest thing is they're not always right. You know what I mean? Rarely actually are they right. You know, they've figured it out through mistakes and through failures just as much as you will and have. So I think that's kind of the biggest thing is they don't have all the answers. So you kind of got to find them on your own. That's a new one. We've had three trading secrets from Blake. That is a there new one. Go. Eric Bradley, trading secret you can leave the viewers with. What do you got? I'll just keep it short and sweet, especially in our industry and in my industry is today's price is not yesterday's price. Ooh. All right. I like, the, I like the mic drop. Yeah. No mic explanation. Drop. Today's today's can you leave us with? From my experience is you don't owe anybody anything. Mm. And if you feel like you're in a place where you could that you're sacrificing your income because you feel like you need to be in a place because this person has helped you yes at the end of the day people are always going to look after themselves especially when it comes to their money so do what feels right for you be respectful about it however never go against your instinct and if you feel like you're missing out you probably are Ooh. I like that. Those are three bombs that were just dropped. All right, guys. Thank you for being on Training Secrets. We get, people want a little bit more of you. Where can they find you, Blake? Let's start with you. Yeah, so I'm on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that at balake.h, B-A-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E.h. And check out my uh, website, blakehorseman.com. That's H-O-R-S-T-M-A-N-N. -N. For any dates for my DJing, I'll be out there. I put up you know, all my uh, calendar and everything, so check that out. Very nice. Eric Bradley, you heard him today. E.Brad56. Go follow him, ask questions if you got it. G, where can people find everything you got going on? So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Threads. I'm super funny on Let's there. Go. <laughs> if I don't say so myself. <laughs> it's where you actually see my personality. My name is Giannina Jabelli, G-I-A-N-N-I-N-A, G-I-B-E-L-L-I. Go follow me. There we go. <laughs> G, baby chartreuse, Blake, yeah. <laughs> E-Brad. Thank you guys for being on this episode of Train Secrets. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. We are ringing in the bell to not part one, but part two with Blake and G. If you missed part one, go back to last week and listen to it because it is a banger. This one, holy shit. There was T flying left and right. Numbers all over the place. You saw these two 
coming together from day one to today as a unit to take over the world. And that is what they're doing. And it makes me so proud to say I am friends with both of them. But David, I'm thinking about a different segment for this recap, right? We got to hear some of the numbers that I fired off to them in the game that we played. And I think one of the cool things about you being the voice of the viewer is that sometimes you hear these things and you're like, what the fuck? This is just so unrealistic. And sometimes you're like, this is attainable. So my first question to you is when you see and hear some of the answers they had in the last game that we played, what was your overall sentiment? Like, were you blown away by those? Did you think those numbers were realistic? And maybe, I don't know if you're feeling up for it, I'm just going to throw a curveball at you. Okay. Maybe you pick a few of the questions I asked and you could answer them yourself just because that's what the voice of the viewer does on the recap. Yeah. I mean, number one, I just love how they've clearly taken the point of this podcast to heart as a couple and they talk finances. I mean, I think she went nine for 10. Like that doesn't happen by chance. Number two, definitely like you're saying, alluding to the numbers, I like hearing them for entertainment value, but I'm not... You know, I'm not hearing them and having them resume and saying, maybe I need to look at that area of my life. Maybe I need, maybe this is capable. Maybe I'm doing better than I thought, but it's impossible comparing it to the likes of them or maybe a you. And you've shared some of these in a Jason Tell All before, which I'm sure I'm going to get you to do take some of these 10 questions and apply them to your next Jason Tell All. But as the voice of the viewer, it's only my duty if I can help make this resonate or make someone feel better about what they're doing and make someone feel like some of these questions that are, they're capable of doing on their salaries. It's fire away, baby. I mean, let's go here. That's what I'm here for. Can I stop you for one second before you fire away? Yeah. All right. I think you just put something out there. If you guys don't know, every year I do a Jason Tells All. It's at the end of the year. David's in the hot seat. David gets to interview me, and then I'm in the very hot seat. And he gets to ask all the questions in which I have to respond to the numbers that legally I can. David, I'm only going to say it once. And if you forget it, it's on you, and the money mafia is coming after you. Let's hear it. But I will allow you to ask every single question I ask them to me in the Jason Tells All this episode. So you mark those questions down at the end of the year. Done. I'll answer them all. But done. Done. But for now, you answer. Let's just say this. I'm going to be nice to you. Okay. The few that you feel comfortable sharing is the voice of the viewer, fire away. I'm, I'm comfortable with any of them. So let's go. Let's go. I'm going to give you three questions at a time. You pick one for me to answer. How's that sound? I love it. Okay. I love it. What is my credit score? What is my total debt? What is my spending per month? Okay. Let's go with what is your credit score? So my credit score in anticipation, because I was curious on this, is shockingly 812. And I'm very happy about Dude. that. Yes. It's amazing. My, my jaw hit the floor, and I'm very happy about that because when I signed for my mortgage, I knew it was 765. So in two to three years, it's gone up like 60 points. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling feeling myself right now. Trust David, me. I love that because I think that's so relatable to anyone that's out there, regardless of your income. A lot of what makes up your credit score is what you can control. Mm -hmm. We can't control if we get lucky and go on a reality show. We can't control if we hit big with a big job and make a lot of money. What we can control is our spending, our available credit, our payment time, all these things. David, I'm super proud of you for that. 812, your score is better than mine. Let's go. And what I want to tell people out there is I, to answer almost the third one, spending per month, we, Ash and I, spend more than we have coming in. And it's something that we're trying to figure out and solve. So just know that you can be in this situation and you can still have a good credit score because like you said, we pay everything off, zero balance every time we can. I have three credit cards. They have a varying credit limits 
We're very smart about how we use which ones. We make sure we pay them all off so we don't get buried. But back to the episodes that we have, the Ramit episode, for example, the four things you should know. You should know your fixed expenses. I'm working on that to try and get that number back so that we're our uh, inputs are matching our outputs in terms of our expenses. Yes. The re- people might say to themselves, how is it possible? How can you spend more than you make and still have all your credit card paid? Well, the only way you could physically do that is if in the past you've been smart with your savings mm-hmm. and you have cash accumulated and then you're dipping into that. The problem is once you start doing that, as you know, David, you're bleeding, right? You're, you're taking from that cash fund. So we got to stop the bleeding but keep the other behaviors going because an 812 is fucking awesome. Correct. Give us another one. What is my income goal? What is my dream job? What is something I spend too much money on but won't stop? Let's go. What is something you spend too much money on but won't stop? Yeah. What's something I spend too much money on and won't stop? I think it goes back to, again, the Ramit episode is like my rich life. Like uh, It's about experiences. Anytime that I have to take, we're, we're leaving to Italy tomorrow, probably not the best financial decision, but we're going, we're taking Carter with us. I think those moments that you can't take back are things that I will never stop spending money on. And for me, how do I make up for that? Can I justify going to Italy right now? Probably not. But when I get home, I can curb my spending. I can curb when we go out. I can curb what we gro- cut type of groceries we get. We can cut back a little bit in our day-to-day routines. And that's how I'm going to make, make that adjustment. Good for you. I think people hearing this will be inspired by this. You have to live your life. How many times in your life will you, Ashley, and baby Carter be able to go to Italy? At, at less than one years old, Carter will have traveled to Italy then I have it in 34. So my ass has got to get there. It's a dream for me to go. I do want to ask you this though, because it's interesting to hear their dream income goals. What is your dream income goal? Yeah, I think you know my dream income, income goal aligns with my dream job, which is kind of something that I'm in. And I know that's kind of maxed out. You know, Rochester, you know the, the quality of life here. My dream income goal has been to live, to make over six figures doing something that I'm doing, you know, I, I think it's attainable and it's something that I'm working towards and I, and I work really hard at it, but I think I can have the lifestyle that I want to have and accumulate all these things. I can have no debt. I can have a good credit score. I can limit my spending per month. I can still do the spend the money on the things that I want to spend money on and live a comfortable life. So it's, it's a realistic goal. I'm not trying to make a million dollars. I don't think that's ever feasible for what I'm doing, but I want to make comfortable six figures. And David, how you inspire me so much is the fact that you're not worried about money in the fact that if, if you make six figures, that's the goal. But what you're worried about, your number one concern is what you do is something you know you're good at, but you love. And so you have strategically selected a job that you absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And so there are times I see you talk about it where you're pinching pennies a little bit more than your friends and family. However, there are also times where you see those friends and family come to you, confide in you because they're so stressed. They've hit their limit. They're having anxiety attacks. They are lost in their life. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn. And you have so much advice to give because you've always put the priority of passion and love at the forefront of your career. And I admire the shit out of that. Appreciate that. Is that. Awesome. I appreciate that. Let's go. A little pump up for the David Ardoin, curious Canadian voice of your. Can we ask a couple more questions? Yeah, we got. Wanna, I think money saved would be yes. a good one. And why don't we do total money saved, total debt, and then if you're feeling one more, let's get another. We'd love to hear from the voice of the viewer. Yeah. So total money saved, I have ten thousand dollars in savings. That's kind of my, you know, my bailout fund that I have when a month is really bad on the, like I mentioned, on the outputs rather than the inputs. But when you get a nice perk, when you get a nice bonus, when 
something happens, that's where my money goes. I don't try and put that into my my checking account just to see it bleed and go away. So $10,000 saved. I think that that's pretty good. My total debt is $280,000 on my mortgage for my house. I leased my car, so there's no really debt there. I paid my student loans off $38,000, so I feel good about that. So we live a pretty debt-free life other than what's in our house, and our, and our value of our house has gone up a lot. So you can look at that debt as, as good debt. And I think the last question that I'll answer for myself is on pace for retirement. That's something that I'm not thrilled about in my life. And I think if you are a listener at home and, and I'm rattling off some things, that's something that I have sacrificed because I feel like I need the money more now to put it away for later. But it's the number one thing that I'm really trying to focus on and getting my inputs and outputs under control, not so I can get my day-to-day life so my future can be taken care of. So I think that's one one area that I'd really like to start contributing more to on a, on a paycheck-to-paycheck basis. Do you have any form of 401k, IRA, SEP, anything like that started at this point? So I have a, yes, I have a Vanguard account. That's my Roth IRA. And then I have, I had a a really good 401k with an employer match to my old job, which I transferred to my new job. That's a 403b. And to be honest, I haven't contributed a single dollar since I moved back to Rochester to that. There's a Decent amount, there's just over six figures sitting in that right now, but I haven't been able to contribute it because I took a massive, massive, about a 400% pay cut when I moved home. And so that, you know, I've, I've had to just put that on the back burner for now. So I do have a couple things established and I do have a, a decent crypto portfolio, which I'm just putting away until I can access it. And then yeah, use but it. David, I want to also take a pause here and pull a little remit and let's look at the positive. You have six figures in a 401k. I do. People in this world don't have six figures in a 401k? No, I don't. So this is something that I don't know. I just... Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. Suppose you max it out and you're getting dollar for dollar. You know, that's, let's just say around the 12k mark over the average of the last few years. That takes 10 years of fully maxing it out with a max out and good return. Good for you. That's an amazing, amazing thing. I'll ask you this. If I asked you right now, do you know what the expense ratio and or investments that make up your portfolio in that 403B, 401k? No, I really don't. BlackRock, a lot of of BlackRock in there. We might have to do a full episode on retirement planning. Mm -hmm. And if you guys think we need to do that, give us five stars because there are so many moving parts with what you're paying expenses, what what type of vehicles there are, how you're selecting that money. I just read an article that there's a huge percentage of people that didn't realize once you put your money into a retirement, you actually have to pick investments. Yes. People thought that just because it's in retirement, that means it means it's invested. No, that's just a label of an account, like a checking, a savings, a 401k. The cash just sits there until it goes to work. If you guys think we need a full retirement planning episode, let us know in the comments. Five stars. I will get a retirement planning expert on in which that's all they do day to day, and we will rip through it. But David, I know I have a few more minutes with you. Blake and G, Mm -hmm. part two. Anything else you're curious about or want to make sure that we talk further about in the recap? Well, I just want to say I'm very happy for these two. They crushed the newlywed game. Blake said he's made more more money every year since he's been left the show, which is, as you know, extremely rare. And I think, you know, them talking about dating in their industry, I just thought that was good, wholesome content. I think they're definitely a couple that's has good perspective of and kind of really learn from their past relationships and at the end of the day i mean i'm gonna sh- give a shout out to to ebrads eric that was in there with you i loved his trading secret and it was today's price is not yesterday's price 
And I think at the end of the day, that just goes into self-value, self-worth, understanding that, not being afraid to ask for services that you provide. doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be a landscaping business, could be a home cleaning business, could be an accountant, could be anything. Today's price is not yesterday's prices. You gain experience and knowledge and expertise, start charging more for your business, for your time, for your money. I love that trading secret from him. I got to be honest, eBread only had so many words in this episode, but holy shit, they were fire. And I might say that's a top 25 trading secret of all time. One sentence, one bomb drop, and it is so meaningful. I agree with that. The big thing too, David, is I know how hard this industry is. I know how hard this industry is when it comes to being in a relationship. And then to also double down and be in a world in which you're 24-7 at a DJ booth mm-hmm. and clubs till 3, 4 in the morning. I love where they're at. I love the way they support. I love the way they unite. I love the way they communicate. Like you can agree, disagree, judge, whatever you want to do, because that's what people do out there. But like even the fact that they've dug as deep into understanding her upbringing with money, her culture with money, what is expected and unexpected, and just finding happy mediums to everything. To me, one of the biggest things from this episode was how to work as one, how to build a financial future and a professional future together as one while still having a tremendous amount of respect and support in wild directions. And some people might say too much too <laughs> much support, encouraging only fans. But yes. hey, I mean, you know, got to do what you got to do for your family, you yeah. know? <laughs> oh, Blake was all about it. You know how much she could make on there? Three or four, it should be half a million dollars on there. But no, I think it was great. I think the, these two episodes reminded me of the, the Dean episode to start the whole thing off. Where he shared so many numbers. We we're in, you know, every you know magazine article, online article about how much people make to go on wide. I think this is going to have that same ripple effect. Lots of takeaways, and this was like you said, it was a popcorn and notepad and all of that above. So I think this is the third time Blake's been on. So I wouldn't be surprised for him to come on a fourth, and I'll have G on any time. She was electric. Money Mafia. Every episode, you give us a review, five stars, tell us your biggest takeaway or who we should have on the show, and you get entered to win something from the Influencer Closet. The Influencer Closet is a closet I get of all different products and things sent to me valued at some at like two bucks, some at 2000 I pick one at random and I will send it to you. This week's winner is Sotes, S-O-T-E-S-9. The title of the review, Ramit plus Jason equals my new financial life. Okay, wow. I've said it before. I have been learning things and talking tidbits here and there, but that Ramit episode, wow. I literally listened to it twice so I could take notes and I already started implementing. I already feel better about my finances. I actually came right on the day I was stressing out about where my money was going, but now that it's on paper, I can see it. Everything will be okay. Can't wait to continue and circle back to see how I progress. Even was able to reward myself with a new Lulu outfit. Next is a third Formula One race. Yay for guilt-free spending. So go give us a review. Five stars. We will give you something from the Influencer Closet. David, before we sign off, you got anything else? Everyone knows a Lululemon outfit makes you feel like a million bucks. So good on her for going out and getting that. Give us five stars and we will see you next week for another episode of Trading Secrets. One you can't afford to miss. Bringing that money.